Welcome to the show. This is the Below the Yellow Line podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Below the Yellow Line podcast. Been a while. I, I guess I did put one out, uh, what was that, early Sunday morning. Just kind of a, a little update about everything Chicago-wise. But it's really been almost about two weeks since I've uh, done one of these. Um, Emily is with me, by the way. Hello, Emily. You can go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah. So, uh, welcome Hi, back. Welcome back to the show. We got a lot of great stuff planned for y'all tonight as well as throughout the week. Should be able to have Betsy Cameron back on the show. Uh, they were actually at the races this weekend. They're going to discuss what they thought about it, hopefully. Uh, either Thursday, Friday, one of the days uh, that we are with them. But Shane Van Gisbergen is the man that everybody is talking about. And if you go back to, say, 2019, 2018, heck, probably 2021, and you watched or you, or you were listening to this podcast, you said, what are you talking about, Chicago Street Race? You, you would say, you know, you'd say, what is the Chicago Street Race? Who is Shane Van Gisbergen? What are you talking about, Flash Flood Warning? I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's so surreal that this happened, and, and both for, for humor reasons and also just because, I mean, NASCAR racing on the streets is something that 10 years ago would have been considered ludicrous. Maybe even five years ago would have been considered ludicrous. But NASCAR is proving and, and uh, has proven, in my opinion, that they are willing to take risks. And, you know, any anybody that's mad about yesterday's race not being a barn burner, you know, you, you shouldn't have been expecting a great race. I mean, you know, no, NASCAR's goal should not be to put on events every week. It should be to put on good good racing. But A, not every race is going to be a good race. And B, the point of this race wasn't to be a good race. That sounds stupid, but it wasn't. I mean, the point of this race was to introduce new fans, get on a worldwide stage, um, and just, you know, put on an event, which, you know, it's ironic that we say that because all the concerts actually got canceled and most all off-track activity did get canceled because, yes, there were floods and storms and just basically the, the ocean... Uh, decided to go into Chicago, Illinois. NASCAR could probably go to the Sahara Desert and have it pour down rain because that's just our luck, apparently. But we got it in. We didn't get all of Xfinity in, unfortunately. But we did get the entire Grant Park 220 in. And, yeah, Shane Van Gisbergen somehow won. The race was shortened to 75 laps. Some strategy occurred. And uh, Justin Haley tried to hold him off. Just couldn't do it. So before we really get into recapping this race, talking about the results, the point standings, if this race should stay or go, Emily, what were your thoughts on yesterday's Grant Park 220, NASCAR's first ever street race? Unfortunately, I did not get to see it all. I planned to go back and watch more. It turned into a bit of a crazy day. <laughs> so um, I got to see a, an okay amount of the beginning. And then I did watch the final laps. So um, the first lap, I literally texted Samuel. I was like, this is insane. Like, what is happening? Because guys were just spinning everywhere. And I think that had to do with, like, the wet yeah. things. And, like, it was just like, okay. Like, let's, let's see if this changes and whatnot. And then the end, I was just like, all right. This guy straight up dominated. So... This guy that I was watching, I've probably watched more pre-race than post-race, actually. Or pre-race than actual race. Um, in fact, I, so I'm sitting there watching it, and my mom came by, and she's like, who is that guy? And I'm like, I don't even know. She's like, oh, well, 
something, and I'm like, well, it's not gonna matter. Like, he's just the, the thrill of it is that he's in it. Yeah. Yeah. I was wrong. Yeah. It's so funny that, you know, that, that is, I mean, that's what I was thinking too. I don't think I publicly said that because, you know, when it was announced that he would be driving this car even, you know, I, I had a mental note to talk about that on the show, Emily, and I remember vividly that we, we didn't yeah. talk about him driving this we didn't car. didn't even discuss it. Yeah, no. I just forgot. Um, and it was not a disrespect, have, like, you know, I just... Going to be such a factor that it was exactly, yeah. And it's you know, just, we, it doesn't happen, you don't go to a NASCAR cup race and win your first time. No, the, the history of that is not there. Yeah, it, the last time that it happened was 1963, and the the fastest hey, somebody is, yeah, yeah, the fastest because, that somebody has ever won in the cup series in the modern era since 1972 was in their second start, Jamie McMurray at Charlotte in the fall of 2002. Uh, but besides him i mean i don't know how many people have won in their first 10 starts five starts so i mean he added himself to a extremely historic list and you know a day that was already going to go down in history you know kyle larson could have won this race uh kyle bush would could have won this race and it still would have been a very historic day but for a guy that had never set foot inside of a nascar stock car before monday to come in and whip the field. And, you know, it's not like he dominated. It's not like he, well, I guess he kind of did, but it's not like he let a ton of laps. But he was, he was, you know, he nearly won the pole, Emily. I mean, until the last 30 seconds of qualifying, when Denny and Reddick ended up beating him out, he was going to win the pole for that race. And in that minute, I thought, okay, well, you know, look at Circuit of the Americas. You had Jordan Taylor, who was subbing in for Chase Elliott. He qualified top five and thinking, all right, good for him, but I think he's going to fade. And then when the wet weather came in, when the rain was going to prove to be a factor, I said, okay, he's used to racing in rain. Maybe he'll hang around there a little longer. And he did. And then as soon as the track started to dry out, he faded a bit. And I said, all right, hey, valiant effort, fantastic run. He'll probably fade to around 10th to 15th. But he didn't fade. He stayed right there. But then like everybody else, when NASCAR shortened the race and all the top contenders had come in uh, to pit, he kind of got screwed. I mean, he was back in 18th place. He had around 22, 23 laps to go, and now you have Justin Haley, Austin Dillon, all these fools. You know, Chase Elliott that hadn't sniffed the front of the pack all day because, you know, track position was so critical. Um, and then he comes flying through the field. Yes, he had better tires than everybody else, uh, but so did Tyler Reddick and Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell. And they either wrecked or just couldn't get up as high as him. So the fact that he did that... And credit him also for racing clean, which is something not seen often enough today in NASCAR. Uh, and props also to Justin Haley, A, for putting up a valiant effort, but B, for also racing very clean. Um, I mean, that was just a fantastic finish. And, and I think it was a very solid race overall, but I think that finish really elevated it. Um, and, you know, we're going to talk about this in a second, Emily. But, you know, you talked about, you know, you watching more pre-race. And I know you. You don't typically watch a lot of pre-race. Um, so, you know, you're, you're usually turning on when the green flag drops, which, I, you know, that's not a bad thing, obviously. You know, you have a life. I don't. So there's, there's reasons for that. Um, but, you know, watching pre-race. And, you know, you know, my sister texted me yesterday. You know, my sister, I mean, awesome person. You know, she, she watches races when it's on. Uh, you know, when I'm around because, you know, it's, it's on, uh, and I have the control of the television remote and that's very hard to pry from my hand sometimes. Uh, but she texted that she was watching the race. I mean, 
my sister does not watch many sports, let alone NASCAR specifically. I mean, she had friends. <laughs> she texted me. She's like, hey, some of my friends are watching the race. Some of my friends' parents are watching the race. And I'm like, are they fans? She's like, no. I mean, some of them just lived in Chicago. Some of them just heard of it. And that I makes... Mean, Becky Cameron had a whole crew of people. Exactly. Yeah, and it's not like, I mean, I know Cameron was a fan when he was younger. I know Betsy went to a race, but it's not like they're, you know, diehard fans either. And I know they have no, a closer connection. But still, I mean, it's just that, and it, it makes me happy. You know, it makes me happy. It makes my heart happy as an NASCAR fan just to see, you know, what this race meant to a lot of people, to see so many people. And the TV rating, I'm going to be on the edge of my seat as much as I can be, What you know, refreshing, you know, uh, uh, the Athletic and all these publications that publish the TV ratings every week because I am very interested to see what they look like. Now, I think the delay, the rain delay, is going to hurt them a little bit. I would and, agree. Yeah, and I, I pay attention. Yeah, <laughs> I pay attention to TV ratings every single week just because that's, you know, you know I'll look up every Tuesday morning, you know, Cup, Xfinity, or Cup TV ratings for this week, Xfinity TV ratings for this week, Truck TV ratings for this week just to see, you know, where we are. And, uh, you know, the big two races I always watch out for, Daytona, obviously, and, you know, if there is a big, you know, usually I'll watch, you know, for the championship, and this year I think Chicago is honestly a bigger event than the championship. I mean, it's going to get more publicity than the championship. Uh, might even got more publicity than the Daytona 500, to be honest. I mean, I know that, that I'm probably wrong on that, but, I mean, this, this race, it was just such a big deal. And uh, not many NASCAR races can claim that nowadays. I mean, you don't see the Southern 500 or any playoff races, not even the championship, but the Coke 600 getting the kind of treatment Chicago got. And uh, I think it's huge. Um, before we talk about, you know, too much stuff with, with you know, the, the future of the event, I do want to talk about the race a little bit more. First, we're going to take a short little uh, nanosecond of a commercial break. Come right back and uh, talk about the actual racing that happened on Sunday before we delve into the more uh, logistic uh, base stuff. Okay, um, talking actually about this race. Now, Emily, I'll let you go ahead and tell uh, your thoughts on, on the bit that you were able to see, uh, but what did you think of the racing product? Uh, I know there were a few wrecks that you were able to see. Just just what were your thoughts on what you were able to see from a, from a racing-wise standpoint? I mean, definitely not the best of racing, what I would say, because what I saw was either spin-out or um, a lot of just domination <laughs> i did see a couple good passes especially in the turns um and i couldn't tell you who it was at this point no no one that was special to me but i uh, it's so interesting seeing it happen on a street like the turns were just so sharp mm -hmm. and with the like the road lines painted yeah. on there still like it was just so interesting yeah that was interesting and having too driven on those roads added another aspect to it <laughs> having been to chicago so it was hey you cool. you drove on the same it road just, as denny hamlin just let that sink in for a second weird i mean wow just saying wow um yeah, I, I thought the racing, I think it's better. I mean, some people, you know, they they weren't a fan of it from the start. And I'm, I'm a fan of the old adage, you know, don't knock it till you tried it. If it still sucks, okay, it still sucks. But I think this race was a lot better than I expected it to be. And again, the point of this race was not to be a great race. The point of this race was to be a spectacle, an event. Um, and I was perfectly happy with the race. And I thought there was a lot more passing than I thought there would be. Um, you know, especially up front, I didn't think, you know, I thought if there might be one or two lead changes under green, but that might be it. Like, 
honestly. I thought we might see a race that is uh, on the better side of what a good Formula One race is, which just shows you how crappy Formula One's product is, and I have no clue why so many people flock to it. Um, but, you know, I was very pleasantly surprised with the amount of passing we were able to see, especially late. I mean, Haley and Van Gisbergen were, you know, throwing crossovers at each other, and, I mean, that was great stuff. Um, you also had Austin Dillon late, you know, just had a chance to win second right on the bumper of Haley and he just planted himself in the tire barrier and I, I can't run through uh, everything. Uh, but if you do want a better synopsis, like when the race is fresh on my mind, go check out, as many other people have done, uh, the post-race show from the Chicago Street Race last night. I'm not going to you know, try to toot my own horn here, but I just want to shout out all you guys that watched that. That is the most viewed pre- or post-race show ever on this channel. We've been doing those for two years now, two full years. Uh, probably, I think, to this weekend, wow. actually, it'll be two full years that we've been doing those shows. So that is the most viewed pre- or post-race show. 2.3 thousand, not million, 2.3 thousand <laughs> views as of tonight. We're, and we're uh, continuing to increase. We are. We did hit 500 subscribers, by the way, Ooh, over on the Spotter Sand YouTube great. channel. So got to hit a few more requirements. We'll be able to start making some moolah off this uh, relatively soon. Uh, we're actually at 504, so shout out all my New Orleanians listening. That's your uh, that's your area code. Um that you know, that sounded creepy. I, not in a creepy. That never mind. No, I digress. I'm going off on a we're trying not to random tangent here. Oh, I'm you know I love I love you, New Orleans. You're pretty cool, and your NCIS show is a banger theme song. But um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it, solid race. Uh, some pit strategy at the end kind of tied things up. There was only one like traffic jam, log jam. You know, only one of those, and you know, a bunch of Chicagoans are saying, ah. That's normal Jackson Drive in rush hour traffic, which I found pretty funny because, you know, we say that like, oh, traffic jam. But in this case, yeah, I mean, traffic jams do literally occur on the streets of Chicago, as I'm sure uh, Betsy and Cameron and you probably Emily know. Um, I can vouch. <laughs> you can vouch for that. It, it really does happen. Um, but you had a few other incidents. Noah Gregson, poor Noah Gregson, man. He hit the turn six barrier five times yesterday, and every single time since he's driving the Wendy's car, NBC seemed to put up the shake and baconator graphic. Um, the baconator is a pretty good sandwich. Uh, Noah Gregson's performance yesterday was lackluster. I mean, it, it was like a McDonald's hamburger, just like lifeless, dry, pathetic. Uh, and not worth more than like 50 cents, if I had to be honest. That, that, I mean, that's his whole season. That's Legacy Motor Club's whole season. Uh, Eric Jones. Did Eric Jones finish? No, he qualified top 10 or something like that. I don't know. Um, Jimmy had to pull out of this race. Obviously, you know, we know what, what happened with, with him. Uh, Eric Jones ends up in what place? Where did Eric Jones finish? Why are my eyes not working? Uh, oh, 16th. So not terrible, but still not great. Um, yeah, stage one was won by Christopher Bell. Stage two by Bell as well. <laughs> that rhymed. I'm spitting bars. But Kyle Larson, Christopher <laughs> Bell, Tyler Reddick seemed to be the best three cars. And I thought Van Gisbergen was probably included in that conversation. And then he kind of fell out of it. And then, obviously, it was the best car on track in the last 20 laps. Um, but the race just kind of got flipped on its head when NASCAR announced they'd have to call it 25 laps early, which... Crappy decision, you know, it's, well, I mean that in the terms, like, it sucks they had to make it, but, you know, they had to make it. I mean, they weren't going to finish that whole thing anyway. It was either finish it at a shortened distance on our own terms or let 
the sunlight determined that for us. Um, they were able to get that in. Uh, the race went into overtime. I was a little worried. You know, I think if it had to go into overtime one or two more times, maybe they'd go ahead and call it. But uh, we were able to finish it with what little uh, daylight we were blessed with over the city of Chicago, which, I mean, speaking of the city of Chicago, props to NBC. They got so many just fantastic, fantastic skyline shots, just some beautiful images uh, of the city of Chicago. They did a great job with that. Um the biggest thing that stood out to me in this race, though, Emily, and I apologize for rambling on here for an incessant amount of time, uh, but was, like, how impressive the man they call SVG was. I mean, he looked natural. And they were, they were highlighting all the differences between what he normally drives and what he was driving yesterday. And he's driving, for one, on the wrong side of the car. Uh, his shifter is different. Obviously, it's a whole different car. Uh, used to driving on a street course, on a road course, so I guess that's normal. But just, again, I can't put into words, and nobody really can, how impressive a NASCAR Cup Series debut is. And with how good all these guys are today, to finish top 15 in your NASCAR Cup debut is a big deal. To win in your NASCAR Cup debut, obviously it's history. It's just, no, it, it mean, doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, we were just impressed by, like, Elliot coming back from his injury and yeah. having, you know, like, top tens and fives yeah and you know and then bowman coming back from different things and these guys like that i mean to come in on a inaugural race for him and not just win but like literally dominate yeah i mean clearly be the best guy out there in the I last 20 laps i mean just i'm shocked yeah just outstanding performance uh for bowman yeah, I mean, <laughs> yesterday was uh I'm was a, i'm a fan <laughs> yes, yesterday for Bowman was uh was pretty bad. He ended up thirty seventh, and he's now out of the playoffs. Uh, for did Chase Elliott, Bowman, Denny. Oh, Denny, Denny ended up in P eleven, so he got off course early, won the pole, and yeah, just. No, I seriously, I missed like seven the race. Yeah, Denny, Denny back. had a pretty up and down day. Uh, Chase Elliott, by the way. Ends up in third. Uh, didn't really have a shot to win. Wasn't as good as Haley Norvang Gisbergen. Uh, but three straight top fives for him. Only 55 points out with eight races to go in the regular season. A little less than seven points a race he has to make up. I know everybody's saying he has to win, and I do think he probably will. But don't rule out pointing his way in if that 19 continues on the roll that they are on. That's it for our race recap. When we come back from, again, this nanosecond long commercial break, we're going to talk about the results, the point standings, and most importantly, if the Chicago street race should stay. Moving on to the results, we'll also talk point standings here in a second, and we will, uh, last thing of the night, uh, we'll be talking about uh, whether this race should stay or go. But first of all, the results. And I don't, I, you know, the winner of this race, man, it still baffles me that he won it. But Shane Van Gisbergen, it just it feels like a pipe dream seeing his name up there at the top of this result sheet. Justin Haley in second, valiant effort, needs a win to make the playoffs, just, just couldn't quite get it done, couldn't hold him off. Chase Elliott third, Kyle Larson in fourth, uh, you know, he has a million top fives this year. Uh, Kyle Busch is, like, quietly on, like, a eight or nine race top ten streak. Uh, he ends up in fifth. Austin Sindrick needed a good day. He's in sixth. Michael McDowell, seventh. Joey Logano, who always seems to win these inaugural races, ends up in eighth. Ty Gibbs in ninth. Chris Busher in tenth. I think it's like 
10 straight road course top 10s, something ridiculous like that. Now, Denny in 11th, Emily, I know you didn't get to see the whole race, but what did you think of his day? Started on the pole, didn't end great, but it was better than it could have been. I'll tell you that. He he had a pretty rough day, but still, uh, still ends up in 11th. Yeah, not, that's not the best, but not the worst. That is true. And for a race like this, I feel like, to me, like, the finish, and not that it doesn't matter, but, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just so random. You know, I mean, some strategy yeah. happened, and it's a brand new race, you know. Uh, I mean, the notes will be we important if we come with back. No expectations. Exactly. Yeah, I, I didn't either for either of my drivers. And uh, they went about as I expected. For my guys, honestly. Uh, Eric Amarola, 12th. William Byron, 13th. Corey LaJoy, another solid run for him in 14th. Going to his favorite track next week, New Atlanta. Ryan Priest, 15th. Eric Jones, 16th. AJ Allmendinger, 17th. He was kind of a no-show. I think I picked him a couple weeks ago, too, to win this race. And he just, he didn't really do anything. Kind of disappointing, honestly. Uh, Chris Rebell in 18th. He wrecked out late. Um, so called his way back to a top 20. But he swept the stages. I thought he and Reddick were the two best cars there, honestly. Um, and I texted Emily that. And then that's when Bell pulled away. And I was like, okay, guess it's just Bell now. Not Reddick. Um, Todd Gillen, 19th. Chase Briscoe, 20th. Jensen Button, 21st. He was in the top 10. Doing a really solid job early. Thought he might be in some contention late. But then he messed up on the entrance to Pitt Road. He and Busher got together. Ross Chastain, uh, last week's winner, 22nd. Josh Balicki, 23rd. Brad Kozowski, 24th. Noah Gregson in 25th feels like a win for that team because, again, the Baconator car was stuffed in the fence. Uh, I mean, it was it was a horrible day. I mean, he wrecked so many times. Andy Lally, 26th, the other, like, big-name road ringer. Daniel Suarez, 27th. Tyler Reddick in 28th had some issues late. Kevin Harvick, 29th. He got spun out to start the traffic jam. Harrison Burton, 30th, wrecked out late. Bubba Wallace, 31st, was running around 25th anyway. And then he just wiped out Ricky Stenhouse. Bubba, I love you, bud, but the, the heck were you doing, man? <laughs> I, I That was weird. Uh, MTJ, 32nd. Uh, he also wrecked three times. Ryan Blaney, uh, two sub-30th place finishes in a row for him. Ricky Stenhouse, 34th. Ty Dillon in the White Sox car, just as the White Sox have done in their season. Ty Dillon's season has sucked, and yesterday also did suck for him. And uh, the Dillon Bros, it doesn't get much better. Austin Dillon, 36, stuffed it in the fence while running second. And Alex Bowman ends up in last. So, yeah, my drivers finished 31st and 37th. So, Emily, I'd say you got it pretty darn good. Uh, but what do you think Sounds about like this results great. list? What did you think about the uh, where these guys finished in yesterday's Grant Park 220? Oh, goodness, I mean, it's just one of those. It's fun to see. I wasn't sorry for you. It's okay. <laughs> um, I wasn't. I wasn't too concerned just because I feel like it. It was kind of strange, and for me, it was just more exciting to kind of see how they did on the street. Um, but I never. I don't know. I guess I didn't know what to expect at all. Yeah, nobody did. I'd never really watched a street race. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was yeah. kind of the fun. And then we discussed coming up, kind of like the future of the Chicago Street Race. I've got some thoughts on that. All right, I'm very interested to hear them. Right before we do, though, we do have to talk point standings. Martin Truex Jr. still retains his regular season lead, but only by nine 
over William Byron. Then it's 18 to Ross Chastain. And who is fourth in the regular season? Seabell, 21 back, 31 back. That's Kyle Busch. Then it goes to Denny, 53 back. So five drivers for the regular season separated by just 31 points. Now, Shane Van Gisbergen, obviously not full-time, not running for points. So we still have 11 winners in 16 or, or through 18 races, 11 winners. Um, so five playoff spots still available on points. William Byron, I apologize if you hear my dog breathing. He is dreaming right now. He's having a really good dream. He's moving his, well, it might be a nightmare. He might be running from a cheetah or something, but he's moving his feet and he's breathing really heavy and he's kind of smiling. So I guess it's a good dream. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what my dog is dreaming about. Um, Kyle Busch, Ross Chastain, Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin, Seabell, Blaney, Logano, Reddick, Stenhouse. Those are 11 winners. Guys that have won multiple races this year include William Byron, Martin Truex, Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch. Busch and Larson each with two. Truex and Byron, or sorry, uh, Byron and Busch each with three. Truex and Larson with two. First man in on points, Kevin Harvick, plus 151. Then you got Bushler, plus 104. Kislowski, plus 91. Bubba, only plus 15. And Ty Gibbs now catapults into the final spot, plus six. Last man in. First man out, Daniel Suarez, minus six. Then you got McDowell, minus 10. Almondinger, minus 24. Talk about the biggest loser out of yesterday, Alex Bowman, now minus 26. He was plus two coming into the weekend, loses 28 points. Haley and Cindric each 45 back, so Haley's not out of it to pull his way in yet, I don't think. It'll be difficult, but yesterday's result certainly helps. Uh, LaDroy, minus 47. Elliott lurking there, only 55 out. Ryan Priest, 66 out. Todd Gillen, 79 out. Uh, Eric Amarola, uh, 81 out. You have Dylan, uh, Austin Dillon, that is 130. Burton, 136. Eric Jones, 137. Chase Briscoe, 171. Noah Gregson, 212. Ty Dillon, 225. Emily, it's hilarious to me to see the one, two, three, four guys that, based on penalties, are like way out of this picture. And then you see Noah Gregson and Ty Dillon, who are both at least 200 points out of the playoffs. And it's not because of penalty. They've just, like, sucked this year. I mean, <laughs> plain and simple. Uh, but what do you think about the standings? Playoff standings, we only have eight races to go in the regular season. We are halfway through the entirety of the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series season. It's so crazy. It feels like just yesterday we were watching the Daytona 500 together. But what do you think about the standings right now? I mean... I feel like where people are right now is pretty dang locked in. I don't imagine seeing a lot more changes considering we don't have that many races left. Um, yeah, I feel like, you know, these these past few weeks we've been talking about, you know, these guys got to win, they got to win, they got to win. And it's like, like, do you really think they're going to win? <laughs> Most of them, no. I think Chase Elliott can. I'm just, I'm not sure he I, will. Honestly, shocked he hasn't yet by this point. Um, I never would have guessed that, but at the yeah. same time, like, uh, like it would be just so weird for Chase Elliott to not make the playoffs. It really would, really would. It was like Jimmy the first year he missed it in 2018. It's kind of like, mm -hmm. whoa, okay, hang on. Uh, so we really have, I, I mean, uh, plus 91, plus 104, plus 151. Those are pretty good marks. But then you get down to Bubba, plus 15. Ty Gibbs. Plus six. You have Suarez minus six. McDowell only ten out. What a resurgence from Michael McDowell. Uh, we got a pretty tight cut line here, Emily. We have let's see from twentieth to fifteenth. One, two, three, four, five, six drivers. Wait, no, hang on. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, wait, hang on. 
One, two, three, four, five, okay, six drivers. I'm sorry, I can't count. Six drivers separated by just 41 points there. And then you have, you know, you have guys like uh, uh, Bowman, or sorry, uh, Haley and Cindric, and they're, you know, probably in must-win territory now. Um, the playoff cut line, oh, I'm sorry, it's dropped the microphone. That's going to sound terrible on the audio recording. Um, but who do you think, Emily, out of, you know, Bubba Wallace, Ty Gibbs, Suarez, McDowell, Allmendinger, Bowman, are there any guys that you're really confident in? Because it's a really tight bubble. I mean, one mistake, you could go from out to in, one good race, you could go from, uh, in to out, or, or, you know, I flip-flop those, but, uh, you know, cut line-wise, what are your feelings about it right now? I mean, I really feel like that, that cut line is pretty solid, truly. Um... I don't think we're going to see much movement. I really don't. Really? I wrong. I, I feel like the lines have been drawn. And you got, we'll these see. guys have had chances, and most of the guys that aren't there have not been having good enough races to push themselves above that line. That's true. I mean, you think that line's solid in the sand? You really do. We'll yeah, see if... There's not going to be changes. Yeah. We'll see how solid a six-point line is, minimal. especially at Atlanta. And, you know, somebody below the cut line wins like Chase Elliott, that cut line shifted completely. And, you know, when they're going to Atlanta where guys like Todd Gillen, Corey LaJoy, Haley have a good chance to win, definitely this weekend, this Sunday night, keep an eye out. Probably the most important race of the year to this point. And then Daytona, probably the next most important one after that in terms of a wild card factor. We're going to take our last commercial break, come back, talk about the possible future of the Chicago street course. All right, so last portion of the show here, and yes, I know I did just get manufacturer points, owner points, but we'll touch on that on Wednesday. Emily, do you think the Chicago street race should come back either next year or beyond, and what is your reasoning for your argument? And I'll give mine, but I'm going to let you add the floor first. Yeah, so my answer is no. I do not think they should have the Chicago Street Race every year. And I know that sounds kind of like an immediate, like, what? Because I know everyone who went really enjoyed it, and everyone who watched really enjoyed it, and it sounds like a lot of the drivers really enjoyed it. But my reason for no is because just like the Olympics are at a different city or country every time they have it, they should do that with um, the street race. I feel like they should do a street race every year. I think that was really cool. But maybe move it around and have it somewhere different. It's very interesting. So I know, I mean, I part of the thing that I thought was, was you know, a big part of this weekend was a possible, you know, test screening, audition even for, uh, you know, for a possible race in, in a bigger city. Um, you know, New York, you know, D.C. I don't think D.C. has the population, but, you know, certainly in terms of cultural significance, D.C. is better than Chicago. Uh, I'm biased. I used to live there. But anyway, um <laughs> I'm, I, I kind of I think there should be a street race every year, but I feel like if we're gonna do this, we need to set it in stone somewhere. I yeah. I think it's it's too much of an undertaking to take it, uproot it, and take it somewhere else. And I know they can't because it is on public streets. They can't really leave anything there in terms of like layout, but in terms of like storing stuff, storing oh, barriers. Yeah getting the same people to work on it. I think that's important. So I like the concept. I, I love the concept of what you're, what you're what you're saying. I'm just not sure logistically. Too much. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be so cool, though. I, I think it'd be cool. I'm just not sure how practical it is. I mean, you know, 
and maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe, you know, there's not much that really can be done in terms of keeping stuff for people on uh, to make it better each year. But I'm just thinking, I mean, if you went to and eventually I feel like you'd run out of cities, cities willing to cooperate, especially if you have one thing go wrong, you're toast. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think even as good as the race was, as big of a deal as it was, as big of a profit as I think it likely made the city, um, I, I'm just not sure. I think with the weather, and again, it's stupid because NASCAR can't control the weather. But with this current administration, I'm not trying to get political here. I'm, I'm not trying to create a divide or anything. I'm saying from what I've seen from this current mayor, from this mayoral administration in regards to NASCAR and the street race, they're not fans of it. And him saying he's going to assess it uh, makes me a little uneasy for it returning because we had a contractor, unfortunately, pass away. Not the fault of anybody, really. We had a con- But we did have a contractor on Friday pass away while preparing for the race. We had torrential downpour. Uh, we had a literal flood warnings in Chicago. We had tires and toolboxes floating down pit road four hours before the green flag. And while NASCAR did a great job... And putting this race on and putting the event on, there was stuff Saturday. There were security guards on Saturday before it was even announced they would run it Sunday morning, which they couldn't get to. There were people on security guards Saturday telling people the Xfinity race was canceled, which is, I mean, this is unacceptable. You can't tell people something that simply isn't true. And I get they're not used to working with NASCAR and and their way of judging things, but still, that's you can't do that. And that's not on NASCAR themselves. But any little slip-up, any little error is going to be magnified to the upteenth degree when the mayoral administration looks at this weekend. And I hope I'm wrong. I would love for this race to come back because I thought it was a good race, and I thought, you know, I think it has a positive impact on the sport and on the city of Chicago. Um, But, A, I'm not a resident, and B... I'm sure as heck not a mayor of anything, much less Chicago, Illinois. So I don't know. I can't make those decisions. But I just I don't have a great feeling about it because some stuff went wrong. I think for this race to come back, and at the least for this race to come back uh, for many years, I think it could come back next year, certainly. But longer than that, doubtful. Because guess what? Some stuff went wrong. I think this had to be nearly flawless for them to bring it back. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope this mayor was, was kind of softened by seeing the impact it had on the city. And, and hopefully that was a good impact. I mean, from everything I saw it was, but I'm not on the inside in Chicago. Um, I'm just not, I want it to come back because I think overall good impact. I know that's a generalized answer, but the racing was good. I mean, TV ratings wise, we'll see on those, but I would imagine they were probably pretty high. I mean, everything I saw on social media last night was NASCAR, NASCAR, NASCAR. So um, I'm hoping it comes back. I'm just not confident in it coming back, and if that makes sense. Um, sorry for another tire there, Emily, but I think we've reached about the end of our show. Congrats, Shane Van Gisbergen. I have no idea how the heck you won that race, but congratulations, you did it, and you did it in style. Um, so we should be in person for a show or two this week, me and Emily, and, and uh, Betsy and Cameron should be with us uh, for a show or two. Uh, that'll probably be like a combined YouTube deal. Uh, but we go to Atlanta, so Wednesday night we'll do a little recap of Chicago, talk about some news, a preview Atlanta, Friday, Atlanta preview, and plenty of coverage this weekend. I'm not sure, Emily, if we're going to get to watch the race together this weekend, hopefully, but I'm not sure. 
Um, but even if we don't, obviously, we'll still have our full slew of coverage here on the Below the Line podcast and over on the Spotter Stand YouTube channel. That's the Spotter Apostrophe S Stand. And for our YouTube viewers, head over to any major podcast platform and you can find us. You can also email us below the online podcast at gmail.com. Emily, I think I've said all I needed to say tonight. Any final thoughts from you before we say goodbye to everybody? No, just that it was a good race, and I'm hoping that the straight races continue in some manner next season. Me too. Going to be a lot of fun this weekend. Going super speedway racing under the lights in Hampton, Georgia, going to new Atlanta Motor Speedway. Until next time, everybody, I will see you later. Like, subscribe, comment, share, rate, review us. Click all the buttons, as Emily likes to say. We will see you all later. Goodbye.